Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Well, guys, we have a special, special, special guest today. His name is Jason Humphreys Kinte. Who is he? Well, Jason Humphreys Kinte is an author, student success specialist and scholarship coach, career coach, and mental health advocate. Jason has been featured in the newspaper, on TV, and online for his service to the community. He overcame about his depression to found Free Shares Incorporated, the best at making people happy for free, in 1999 while completing a business degree and French minor at University of Toronto. He started Toronto's Poets Club, Poets, that started the Increase the Peace campaign in 2002. In 2011, he started the Pence Power and the Pence Power Club, divisions of Dream Livers Club Incorporated, run by him and Jessica Lambert Decree. Their student success program, the Think Freely Gifted program, helps students to develop a healthy mindset, achieve all that they are capable of achieving in life and win scholarships. So with that said, I now present to you, Jason Kinte. Jason, thank you for coming on our show. I'm looking forward to learning more about you today. Thank you so much, Cleone. That was a very detailed um, introduction and I appreciate that. No problem, no problem. So Jason, tell us more about your profession. Um, if you can give us a little insight into what you're currently doing and um, yeah, some details about that. For sure. Um, what I do in one word is best summed up as scholarship. Okay. Um, I really think it's good when you can define yourself well. If I had to just pick one word in the entire world, it would be scholarship. I help kids get scholarships and I believe in scholarship in terms of not just the educational system, because that's not for everybody. Not everybody's supposed to go to university, hands down. It's, it's not for everybody. It's one path, right? And sometimes it's actually a waste of money, I'll admit. <laughs> I benefited from studying at University of Toronto and graduating with distinction and, and learning French and becoming bilingual. But some people, it's not for them, right? They might be best uh, suited to being a mechanic or a carpenter or something that isn't even offered at university. So I believe scholarship just means studying. And even if it's studying your mind and understanding how it works, it's still scholarship. If it means reading a lot of books, which I love to do, like the law of happiness and uh, how to win friends and influence people and law of success, um, that's what the Pence Power Club is about. So um, I do practically help young people get scholarships for school, but I also help adults with understanding maybe which book is the best book for you to read to understand yourself, life, relationships, so that you can see, for instance, I recommend a lot of people should read The Seven Principles That Make Marriage Work. Mm. Um, and a lot of times people only read that after their marriage doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> True. I even tell young people about that book. 
Okay, wow, that sounds exciting. Exciting, exciting. So I just wanted to let you know that we are, we attended the same university. I also went to U of T, so we are all, I guess that's my alma, alma mater or whatever. So yeah, which campus did you go to? I went to Scarborough campus because it was the co-op campus and I was in the business co-op program where I worked at Microsoft, uh, two work terms and Centrinity, which was in an ed tech company. Um, and if you don't know what Microsoft is, you better ask somebody. <laughs> better ask somebody. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, great. So we're going to just dive into the interview now. So my question is, I, I believe we talked about your mental illness in your bio. But yes, if, for you sure. can, if you can um, clarify your mental illness diagnosis and when you were diagnosed. For sure. So I was diagnosed with schizoaffective uh, disorder. And it was in 1999 after um, going to the hospital, actually being taken there by my mother because she didn't understand what I was talking about. Okay, so can you tell, tell our listeners for people who don't understand what schizoaffective disorder is? For um, sure, it's, yeah. a, it's a mix between bipolar illness mm -hmm. and schizophrenia. Mm, interesting. Now, in terms of what that means, it means different things for different people. Just right. like right you could have somebody that says hey um i i have a learning difference right um maybe a learning inability or disability or a learning ability that's better than other people because i think that it's connected to how i was recognized as gifted in grade seven mm -hmm. i think differently i think in a different way and i call it thinking freely but that way has it's benefits and it's also hard for people to understand sometimes because I think and speak so fast that if I just spoke and thought and spoke at the rate at which I normally do, sometimes people say, you, you, you speak too fast. And I'm like, I was recognized as gifted. You listen too slow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. You know what the funny thing is a lot of people who do have a mental illnesses are listed as very highly intelligent people, um, even gifted at, at, at best many times. So people have this misunderstanding as to what mental health is and what um, people are supposed to be. But you'd be surprised how many people are very gifted and very smart, um, despite having a mental health challenge. Um, for sure. And I tell people it's easier for me to actually represent the community. So I'm happy to do it. Right. I happen to be raised by a dad that uh, went to grammar school in Antigua. So uh, he corrected my grammar. So if I'd say, well, this is I just I, I'm, I'm just the most unique uh, person in the class. I just I just think differently. You tell me there is no most unique. You're either unique or you're not, right? And he wouldn't right. correct my language, even though he, you know, spoke and, and grew up in Antigua where they might say, well, I won't say for Antigua, but I'll say I met somebody who was who came here from Jamaica and they put her in ESL. Oh my God. She, she had an accent and, and spoke as Jamaicans do with an accent, right? So it's not another language, of course. And that was something that the education system did that was wrong. But even though my dad came from Antigua, he was the best at correcting my language. So I'm really happy to represent the community and dispel some of the misconceptions that people would have of somebody that's either schizophrenic or has bipolar illness um, or the mix 
of that which is schizoaffective. Right, right. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so we are going to dive into your mental health story of resilience. What happened? How did you discover? We, we, we now know that you have schizoaffective disorder. So what happened once you were diagnosed? For sure. So um, in 1998, uh, when I was, I guess, uh, after my first year of university in the second year, I just put so much pressure on myself. And that's why I broke down. I uh, left for Antigua for a two-week uh, trip to be at my grandmother's funeral. And I tried to study for exams and run um, the Canary Society uh, Black organization that we made, created at U of T from the beach in Antigua and my grandmother's funeral. And it was really hard to do that over the phone. So when I came back, things weren't really um, as organized as they would have been if I was there. Um, I wasn't happy with the outcome of a play we had called Emoja, an awakening of consciousness, uh, which means unity. And I thought there was disunity. So I kind of sacrificed myself because of my you know, Bible reading. I, I thought, well, as a leader, you, know, you sacrifice yourself, not just like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., but like Jesus. So um, I actually went to the hospital on purpose to get out of my exams, get a doctor's note. And uh, also I thought this was a good way to teach people a lesson. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't realize that they would keep me there for two mm. weeks out of form because wow. that, that kind of commitment is what people would say is crazy. Like, mm. Jason, you can just get A's on your exams, maybe just get a doctor's note and come out, but you really would want to actually risk getting kept in hospital. I didn't think that would happen, obviously, but um, how things occurred, it did. For instance, when I told the doctor there um, that, you know, I was Jason Kinte, I was doing a play, you know, and, and things went went wrong, didn't go well. I was kind of, you know, upset about it. You know, I sent an angry email, people were yelling at me and I can't study for my four exams and I want to become prime minister. And now it's going to be difficult because I'm not going to get any pluses on my exams like I have since grade two. And she just looked at me and she said, this sounds kind of crazy. What's your name again? I said, it's Jason Kinte. She looked at my health card and it said Jason Humphreys because I changed around the order of my names from Jason Bernard Kinte Humphreys to uh -huh. Jason Bernard Humphreys Kinte uh -huh. to have the name my dad gave me, the African name that I had been shamed of growing up in elementary school mm -hmm. because of how Africa was portrayed. I wanted to have it at my, as my last name to signify that I didn't think it was an inferior name anymore. Right. So, But I never changed my health card because I had never been sick that much. So I just figured, you know, change my birth certificate that happens automatically when you pay to get your name changed and your, you know, your, uh, I changed my driver's license so I could, you know, drive. I use that a lot, but I said, whatever. I didn't change my health card. So she looked at my health card and said, Jason Humphreys, she heard me talking about these fantastical, fantastical things and saying that my name is Jason Kinte and Kinte, she probably recognized it as, as the Roots character. So she's like, he doesn't even know his name. She said I had to say on a forum and then I came out and I had to restart. And then I felt depressed because mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. I was the one that's voted most likely to succeed. I was a valedictorian with my valedictory address. You know, it's, it's at freespeech.org. spelled P-H-R-E-E, -E, right? So I do that valedictory address. Everybody's like, yeah, this is going to, Jason's going to do great things. Maybe he will be prime minister or something. And then I get locked on a forum in the psychiatric ward on the same floor my dad was locked in when he was depressed and I was like, what's wrong with me, right? How could this have happened? And then when they gave me the drugs, I didn't even remember <laughs> why I was there. So 
1999, when it happened again, when I came with the idea of Free Shares Incorporated, and that seemed fantastical, a corporation that does everything for free, right? Um, I, I really, you know, I was locked in the hospital then trying to explain Free Shares Incorporated, which is also live at freeshares.com, spelled P-H-R-E-E. But when somebody's explaining all of those things to you, yeah, it happened to me just a couple of days ago. Somebody I met on Facebook, I told her, uh, well, I do websites and they start with P-H-R-E-E. So you can check freeshares.com and, you know, freespeech.org, spelled P-H-R-E-E. And, you know, when I was trying to explain the vision to people in 1999, they locked me up. She said, are you sure you weren't, when they took you in a hospital, they wouldn't program you with these things, these fantastical things? Mm-hmm. And I said, look on the internet, hon. <laughs> I was offended. I was right. like, he was doing the same thing. It took me 20 years to make these things real on the internet and be able to explain them in video. And if I explain it to you in a fast way, people do the same thing. Right. And tell me I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. She thought I was talking about foolishness when I said freeshares.com. Everybody in the world can click on request share. She said, are you sure they didn't just program you with these things? They made you think these websites were real? I was like, it's a good thing I live in my own four bedroom house because she can't come here and lock me up. Right, right, right. Oh my God. It's incredible. You know, if a millionaire or a billionaire talks about some crazy things, like I've heard, you know, people say they want to go take people to the moon right now and they're building things. And no, now if you see the founder of Tesla, they really are going into space, Right. right? But if a poor person or a student says they want to do that, They'll lock you up. Yeah, they'll judge you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. That's unfortunate, but I can understand. I can identify with that because as a woman with lived experience with bipolar, I remember going into a hospital and I was telling them about some, because I'm an entrepreneur as well. So I was telling about them about some of my entrepreneurial acti- um, ideas and the things that I was working on. And the first thing they did is just like, no, she is clearly manic. Um, so because they look at you, unfortunately, people judge you by the color of your skin and they, they also assume that they know you and that they know your capabilities. And unfortunately, um, they locked me up for about 17 days because of what I was telling them that I was trying to do, which was accurate. I was doing that. It's just that they just didn't believe it was, that I it existed, so I must be manic. So oh, I can yeah. really identify with that. And they won't even do their due diligence. Like literally, they won't even go to the website, freeshare.com yes. and see if it's there. Like right. they literally, people will lock you up or judge you without even checking to see if you're actually telling the truth. It, it exactly. is incredible. And for me in 1999, it's regrettable because Nobody had the internet on their phones. Right now, if somebody's watching this, they could just pull up their phone and say, okay, freeshares.com, spell P-H-R-E-E, you know, S-H-A-R-E-S.com. Okay, the website's there. All right. He's not just talking foolishness. Okay. Freespeech.org. Okay, the website's there. That's his valedictory address from 1996. Okay. All right. I, I get what he's saying. He's saying this could go all over the world. 
people all over the world could request a share, you know, within years, whatever, everybody will have heard of it. And it could be really monumental. Okay, I understand. Maybe he has, like, maybe his, you know, maybe he thinks it's better than it is, but I don't, I don't know. I don't have time to read it, but it's there, right? Exactly. But in 1999, keep in mind, nobody had the internet on their phones. So they would have had to go to a computer. Right. And that's just too much for them. Of course. Right? They'd rather lock me up. So in other words, what I learned is, okay, the rate at which I, I, I think um, and the rate at which I explain things to people is going to be too much for people. Yes. Right? So I can understand that. Okay. I'm sure there have been people like Einstein, They and there, there have been so many. Right. If somebody, you know, 200, 300 years ago said, no, I think we could have like like make vehicles in the sky, mm-hmm. you know, transporting people across the world. Right. People would say you need to be locked up. It will drop down. It, there's gravity. You don't understand anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So it takes people like us to push the envelope and say this is possible. What yes. you think is impossible. And a corporation that does everything for free is possible, right? And because the way people think the world works isn't how it could work, those people don't push the envelope. They don't do things like Steve Jobs and just imagine a different way of doing things, right? right? They don't think different. Or like me, I say they don't think freely. They're stuck in the box. And then it's for them, it's a big deal to think outside of the box. And then there's people like us that have diagnoses sometimes that realize there's no box. That's your problem that you've chosen to think in that limited way. Mm -hmm. But I'll say, no, it's your problem. You're the one that's in a hospital. I'm like, fine. Right. But it's the stuff is live today. Right. But nobody will say that to somebody like Steve Jobs once he's made the millions or Einstein once he's actually proven his theories or the Wright brothers once the planes actually fly. But when your plane's not flying, I can tell you, man, people will pile on you when that thing's dropping down, when you invent that thing and it drops down and it doesn't fly, people say, see, you crazy. There's no such thing as a plane being able to fly. You crazy, right? And you just have to have the confidence and persistence despite how many times they might put you in a hospital or how many times they might say you're crazy to keep trying to fly that plane. Because these are the, uh, people that get these diagnoses that are different, that think, that realize there's no box. They're the ones that invent planes, right? So without people that get labeled in a different way, like Les Brown that got labeled retarded and now makes a million dollars for one speech, right? Without people that think in a different way, the world would still be the same as it was a couple thousand years ago where, yeah, you can, you can, you can speak and you know, it's fine. You can be different. Right. It's like the person that said, Hey, you know, to their parents, Hey, uh, it's okay. I can have long hair. Right. Well, and they said, no, 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 you got to cut your hair. You have to conform. He said, well, listen, Jesus had long hair. He says, Jesus (laughs) walked everywhere he went. (laughs) Right. So people's parents as well will say, no, you have to fit this mold. You know, you can't wear your hair like that. People will judge you. They'll say that to you, oh, you can't wear your hair like that. You know, people will judge you. They're not ready for that. Or somebody that, you know, wears their hair in another way, right? And they'll say, well, no. And people have done that so much to me. Yeah. I find it incredible 
Somebody told me the other day, you shouldn't be spelling free shares, P-H-R-E-E. People will think you can't spell and it's Ebonics and this is bad for black people. Oh I said, I don't care what people think. F-R-E-E shares.com was taken. I can spell. I got, I graduated at the top of my class in elementary school, most outstanding student, William Dunbar. Respect, William Dunbar grads, <laughs> right? And, and top of my high school, highest average award recipient and valedictorian. And you can see my speech, as I said. So I don't really care if people think I can't spell. Right. I know that my name, so I told her, I said, look, Humphreys was my family name. And some British person named, spelt it and put that name on their slave in Antigua. Ask the British slave master why freeze can be spelt with a PH. She could <laughs> tell me that because of imbalance, they'll think it's imbalanced because it says PH level. I said, who cares, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Google doesn't mean anything until they made it mean something great. Right. So I know my story. I know why it's spelled freeshares.com that way, but can you imagine? Somebody's gonna tell me that because I'm a black man, people are gonna associate it with the Ebonics. And if I wanna teach people how to get scholarships or seven scholarships like me, I better spell that F-R-E-E. -E. I was like, you're incredible. I said, you know what? If I get to live out my dreams and I get to live as long as I, as I, you know, hope I do, if, you know, should, should everything, I don't think the world is ending right now, right? So if we keep going on and the dream decade challenge takes place and I'm here at 2030, mm -hmm. I'll sum it up like this. If I accomplish my goals, when people Google P-H-R-E-E, it'll say the way Jason Humphreys Kente the founder and president of Free Shares Incorporated. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm founded that. I really think that's a God thing. So the founder and president of the Pence Power Club and Dream Livers Club Incorporated, motivational speaker, student success coach, just help kids get thousands of scholarships. Right. -R -R P H R E E is the way that guy spells free. Exactly. Love it. Love it. So we're gonna go to our next question. So what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your low points? Please list all resources that were helpful to you. For sure. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, until I finally figured out, you know, how to slow down, how fast I explain things to people, not share certain things with certain people because they won't check yeah. the internet and see if it's real, right? You have to be strategic, right? right. Um, you know, you just go to some biblical stories for that. Right. And Joseph talking about his dreams to get locked up, end up being a slave and end up being a prisoner. So similar type of story for me. So I got strategic and I realized that um, I was in a hospital in 98, 99, 2004, 2011, two weeks each. Right. And for people who don't know the system, they can put you on a form for two weeks here in Canada. Anyway, I don't know how it is in some places in the world. Some places in the world is crazy. They'll just kill you. <laughs> OK, like it's 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 not as bad as it could be. Right. There's some places in the world are just like this person's back and forth and just killed them outside. Right. So it's kind of crazy some places. Right. But here they could put you on a form for observation for two weeks, give you medication or inject you if you won't take it. So all of that happened to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that, OK, I don't want to keep this repeating. I decided, OK, I'll take the medication. Because, you know, I know it says in the Bible, look, my followers would drink poison and not die. So I don't really worry about that. Some people have a problem with it still. I'm like, look, it's worked for me, right? Because, you know, this is my house that I'm speaking to you in, right? And it's paid and I'm paying it. 
well, you know, it's not bought, paid out yet, but it's yours, right? So I'm paying my mortgage and it's working. So um, for me, that was the key thing. I decided, let me take this medication that slows down the rate at which I think, right? And it makes it easier for me. Now I could say, hey, I'm opposed to that. The rest of the 7 billion people in the world think faster. But I have to live in the world with all those 7 billion people. Mm-hmm. So if they can't think fast enough to keep up with me, I'll take medication to slow down yes, so that you can catch up with me. And when you get a chance to Google me and read some things at your pace, come back to me and we can right. talk, right? <laughs> so I decided to submit to that. Okay. And it's been great. And the, because the two times that I decided to not take the medication, which some people come into my life and they're like, I talked to a person a few days ago. She's like, you shouldn't be taking anything. They were wrong to lock you up, but you shouldn't be taking anything. I told her about my website. She started saying the same thing, <laughs> right? That I was wrong. And, and, and that, you know, so for me, it's easier for me and better for me to take the medication. When I did two times in my life since 1999, when I was taking it, I was working a good job at Microsoft in 2004. I was on TV being interviewed like this on a show called In the Black about what I was doing with the Increase of Peace campaign, what I was doing in the community, right? What I was doing with Toronto Poets. We did like over a hundred events, Increase the Peace events, Love, Peace and Freedom shows. When they were interviewing me and it was, and it was great, people were going to freeshares.com as well, um, the first iteration of it. And, um, and I had a girlfriend, you know, we thought, well, I, I thought I was on the path to getting married. I, so I said, hey, I went to Antigua. I said, hey, I, could not, I don't have to take this. It's been good since 1999. Right, it's 2004. This is great. I'm doing well. I'm number one on my team at Microsoft. Right, um, you know, I'm doing great things in the community. Got a great relationship. Right, doing great things in my church at KRT. Right, uh, actually, I was just listening to a sermon. I was, was I was doing things outside of the church to witness in terms of doing my Christian poetry. I thought everything is great. Like yeah. honestly, if somebody had asked me, is there anything wrong? I'm like, well, everybody's not as happy as me. <laughs> right nothing's wrong with me so i stopped taking stop taking medication within three weeks i was back in a hospital because oh, no. i was like i was talking foolishness at microsoft well not foolishness i could explain it but you wouldn't understand it <laughs> right so um you know uh, i basically and i'll tell you what it was it wasn't foolishness but i came back from my vacation in antigua where when i had stopped taking my medication and somebody had deleted my work behind my back because i wasn't humble at that time when I was on TV, everybody saw it, a lot of people, you know, uh, my team at Microsoft. And so I wasn't the most humble person, right? I was like, hey, you know, you saw me on TV, right? And they're like, yeah, it was good. So um, somebody deleted my work because, you know, I, I think that they weren't really appreciative of me for probably that reason. But I don't know why. It doesn't matter. They wouldn't have deleted my work. But I got mad. There's a reason why mad has two meanings. I got mad and I yelled at the person, like I yelled because they were deleting my work mm-hmm. behind my back while I was on vacation in Antigua. And um, because of that, I wasn't really composed. But the reason I wasn't composed as I usually am was because I stopped taking my medication. Okay. Which, which basically it's, there's one of it is a mood stabilizer. So I really just, you know, I got mad at, and, and because, yeah, obviously, especially if you're black, you know, you have to be very composed in the workplace, which I always am. Mm-hmm. But because I got upset and I had, you know, not been on the medication, 
uh, for the first time, you know, in basically four or five years, I got mad and I went straight to the hospital from my dream oh. job at the time, right? On another two week forum. Mm -hmm. So that was 2004, I came out, I lost the relationship. I lost my company. I lost my house. I lost respect from people. I basically lost everything that I had worked for since 1999. I and I was in a hospital and even lost my mind. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this wasn't worth it. Just so I could say that I'm not on medication and to please other people yes. and please society. So they forced me to take the medication when I went to the hospital in 2004. I didn't have a choice. I came back out, started working again, right? Rebuilt that reputation, started doing things, uh, you know, and once again, I worked at Monero Solutions for five years. Then I went out to, to, to be an entrepreneur again. And then I got another opportunity to teach and I was teaching um, at, uh, at my church's Christian school, you know, respect King Covenant Academy, big up. And then because it was two, by 2011, I said, hey, I'm, everything's going well again. I rebuilt everything, you know, I was in a house again, all sorts of different things were going well in my life. So I said, hey, I don't need to take this medication. I'm praying every day, I'm exercising, you know, I'm doing my Bible study, I'm serving at church, right? I'm, I'm, I'm ministering, you know, I'm living my dream. So I decided to stop taking the medication again. Within three weeks, awesome. I lost my job. I lost my friendships and I lost my freedom and I was locked in a hospital again. So mm -hmm. it's like two strikes, you know, I'm not gonna try this again. The doctor, when I went to the hospital, I went there myself and I said, I just need a doctor's note, right? Cause we were like, how do you get to the hospital if you're okay? or if you feel you're sick. Well, you go when you think you're sick, right? So I wanted to get out of, you know, I, I needed a break. And, you know, the reason I broke down really is because I stopped taking medication, but I said, hey, I think I'm okay, I just need a break. So I went to the doctor for a, a doctor's note and they said, they'll only give it to me if I check myself in. So I was free, I, I didn't get formed. I could have decided to leave, but I wouldn't have gotten a doctor's note and I would have lost my job. So I said, well, I got two, I got have, have a choice to make, right? I can submit to the medication, get a doctor's note, right? Be okay. It would be okay with my family. I'd be okay in the community. I'd be okay at church. You know, I'd be okay ministering. I'd be okay working, teaching, serving people. Or I could decide not to take the medication and I could be a street preacher on the corner mm -hmm. talking about websites that I don't even have the money to pay to keep up. Right. Yeah. That's what validates me in a sense. I talk about these things and people are like, sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> a corporation that does everything for free since 1999, the only one in the world that you know that you know of that does never charge anyone anything for anything and never will. Sounds kind of crazy. He said he worked at Microsoft. Oh, he said he was doing this, said he was on TV. Sounds kind of crazy. I don't know. Right. If the websites aren't up, they'll lock me up. So I said, you know what, I'm going to conform to this and um, it's a, it's fine. People are going to tell me, oh, you know what that does to your brain? I'm like, you don't understand my brain, okay? <laughs> right? I think freely, you can't understand my brain. So if I'm taking something so you can keep up with me, you should be happy because otherwise you're not going to be able to keep up with me, right. right? So I decided at that time, two strikes, I'm just going to keep taking the medication 
and it's working. I'm living my dream. I live 50 minutes away from, from my family, right? And I love that. I love where I live in Pickering. I love my four bedroom house, oh. right? I get to rent out a separate walkout basement. You know, I'm renting a room as well. This is the club of my dreams, right? This is Pence Power Club had an office, right? Where, you know, after COVID, AC, we could teach some students at our academy in person as well. <laughs> but right now we'll just do it online. But I do have a student, a boarder here actually, um, who's, uh, who's really appreciative of some of the teaching that I do. Um, right. So I do have another room as well for somebody that, you know, we fully check out um, that wants to, to wants to be a boarder at the Pence Power Club head office um, and academy. But really, essentially, um, I'm going to story somebody where, you know, I understand how the system works. And in general, I'll summarize it. This is how the system works. You know how the system works? It doesn't. Right. But I, I teach people that lesson. But I said, OK, there's certain elements of the system. You can cooperate and work with it. So. I'm working with the system in terms of the medication yeah. and that's enabling me to, to own my own home, to live my dream, you know, to, to think and speak at a rate where people can almost understand. Sometimes it's difficult for people to keep up, but they can take their own time mm -hmm. and go to freeshares.com and take their own time to read it. They could go to pensepowerclub.com and take their own time to read it. They can get the Think Freely newsletter and read it at their own pace. But the biggest message that I have for people is, look, there's 7 billion something odd, some odd people in the world. We're all different. The moment you say, because I speak in a different way, or I communicate in a different way, I communicate with websites, right? The moment you say, because I don't write a book in the way that you do, and I'm writing a book too called You're Gifted, So Think Freely. It's finished, actually. So you can contact me if you want a digital version. But the moment you say, because this person doesn't fit into my box, which doesn't even exist, right? because I know there's no such thing, there's no box to even think outside of, and you think you're stretching yourself by saying you think outside of a box that we know does not even exist. But the moment you say, because somebody doesn't fit in my box of working nine to five, speaking in a slow way, in a slow rate, I call it slow, this is slower than, than I would really normally speak and think. But the moment you say, because of that, that person, something's wrong with them. And I'm going to label them as inferior to me, or if they're broken and I am good. Mm -hmm. That's the moment that you don't understand how this life works. Because there's 7 billion people on the world and on the planet, and all of us think in a different way. So I represent the people Somebody could have something and not even be able to speak. Somebody could be autistic and not even be able to speak. Right. You better not think you're better than them just because you're limited to thinking and speaking in a way that most people do. Normal is a terrible word. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. You can't even define it. And most of the people that act in what they think normal is have decided to conform. So they had a different way of doing things and a different way of thinking and different things they wanted to do. And so many people told them that's wrong. Be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, you know, um, you know work nine to five. They accepted that. Mm -hmm. And it's, they might've had another dream too, but so many people told them that's not the way that now they think that that's what they'll do to other people and be a DK, a dream killer and say, no, 
Forget about how you are different. Forget about your uniqueness. Look, if you look at all the people that are multimillionaires, they thought in a different way. Right, right. And it's a shame that if people haven't reached that status, because some people say, oh, where are your millions? I'm like, why do you need to know? Right. Right? The moment that people see that, well, you're, I don't see, you're not a millionaire. You can't do that. It's, and it's a shame because people will put a label on people and kind of want to throw them away. Come back when you're like us. Just one example I'll say is there's an Outer Limits episode that really comforted me. There's, there, there's all these people that like their faces are what I, we would say is deformed, right? Like they have one eye, like it's, they look really funny. They're really crazy, right? It's like, they look like aliens, right? And then they're operating on somebody, a patient on, the, on a bed. They're, they're actually changing him. So he looks like them because it's 7 billion people on that planet in that episode that look, that have one eye, right? And that are, we would say, hey, they look like kind of like aliens. And there's one person there and the patient looks like me and you. And mm -hmm. they're changing him. Right. Changing his two eyes to one. Because in their world, he is deformed. And it's deep. Because that is what most people do. Okay, okay. So if people try to do that to me, it's interesting. I like my two eyes. <laughs> and I apologize for saying hot because I'm so politically correct. I corrected myself in case anybody's offended that I said that I called somebody hun. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So we're gonna move to our next question. So to be as brief as possible, what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point? Okay, education about mental illness. So that's why I'm on this mission where I'm doing as many podcasts as possible, right? My book, Your Gifted Think Freely, has examples of poetry that bring up mental illness, that bring up uh, depression and questions that parents and educators and ministers and youth leaders can go through with kids, right? So number one, education, okay. right? I wish I knew. I never even knew anything about schizoaffective, right? We never were taught anything about schizophrenia or about bipolar illness, about how somebody could be manic and high and somebody could be low and depressed. Nothing about that in my education. I was paying attention, okay? <laughs> I was a good student. We weren't taught anything about it. So that right. should be in the system and out of the system. That should be something you learn at school and outside of school. That should be something you cover at church and at your synagogue and at your mosque and you know at, at uh, every single place people should learn about it. So if I say I was diagnosed with schizophrenia, people say, oh, okay, that's not a big deal. Sometimes, you know, if you're not on medication or if you're not, you know, whatever, sometimes you might be, you know, like, uh, you know, a little bit manic, whatever, whatever. Sometimes you might be a little bit low, whatever. Okay, I understand that, right? So education, number one. Number two, right? Um, I wish I had people around me that were non-judgmental. Yes, that's a good one. Okay. Right? Non-judgmental. Like if you think, whether you're a relative or whether you're a friend of mine, that you can judge me, right? Now that I, I know what I'm doing, right? And my websites are live, you have another thing coming. But at that time, because I couldn't even get people to look at the websites 
people in my own family whom I love said I was crazy yeah. without even being willing. Some of them are still unwilling to look at the websites. I just communicated in a different way. I, I could just communicate with, with different domains. And like, you were like, oh, that's too much work. I'm not going to go read them. That's fine. But you better not try to lock me up, right? Mm-hmm. So non-judgmental is okay. so important. And if somebody comes to me and they, they're saying they have a fantastical idea, and to me, it sounds kind of crazy. I won't judge them. I'll say, okay, all right. You know, maybe put that in a way I could understand if you want me to understand it. But otherwise, I don't even need to understand. You don't need me to understand it. You know, but I hope the person has other people around them in their life that are non-judgmental mm-hmm. and that will actually take the time. So the third thing is time. Okay. The solution to almost every problem, even even or at least societal problems, problems in you know in your life, it it's it's a medication that starts with T. Time. And that's what I didn't understand. It takes time for these dreams. It's taken me 20 years. Now, all the sites that I explained in 1999 are live, but it's taken me 20 years, what I thought would happen overnight. There is no such thing an overnight, as an overnight success. An overnight success is not a success, <laughs> right? Because then you'll think that it happens easily like that. No, so those are the three things. Awesome, okay. So what words of hope can you give our listeners? Okay, well, I would say that to read stories of people, that have been diagnosed with things that have become phenomenal people that have changed the world, right? Like the examples that I gave, like Einstein, all of these phenomenal people, right? Even Jesus, right? They said, your mother and brothers are out there to see you. They wanted to lock him up. He said, go, let them do what they want. These are my brothers and sisters, and right? So the thing is, he was powerful, right? They couldn't come lock him up, but hey, in this society, they lock him up. They lock him up already. They would have locked him up, right? And he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have like physically resisted. So I didn't physically resist. They locked me up. Right. So the thing is, you have to read stories or even hear about them. If you're an auditory learner or even look on the Internet on YouTube, if you know, if you're a visual learner and that will give you comfort that, okay, I draw outside the lines, but these lines are drawn in the wrong places. (laughs) Society's not even working. You know, the rich billionaires that own like the top few billionaires in the States own more wealth than the bottom half of the population. This is not working. So if it's not working, why would I be wrong if I have a different way for it to work? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's comforting for people if they'll see somebody like me and maybe if they'll see, okay, so it's working for him. He's got his, he's got his house. He's happy. He's, he's, he's successful financially, right? I'm also a financial advisor. You know, um, I'm within the World Financial Group and, and I understand how the money financial system works, you know? So they're like, oh, okay. So you can think different and, and, and it, that, that be a gift and not a detriment, but you have to be patient. So that's how I would uh, encourage people. Be patient, like be strategic. Don't share everything with everybody. But understand that if you get labeled like anything, you could be like Les Brown, who said he was labeled as retarded. Now he can just do a speech and make multiple millions of dollars. Amazing. Amazing. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit. So um, as you can see behind me, there is a book and it's called The Music of My Life. So we're going to switch into music therapy. 
So my question to you is what type of music do you like? I like gospel and uh, holy hip hop. Okay, I love the same. I love my gospel music and I definitely love my gospel rap music. Um, like people like uh, Tadashi and Sho Baraka. And, yeah, and, um, the Cray is my favorite. The Cray is cool as well. At Christian College and he won an honorary doctorate there. Oh. And that's one of the things that I do in my program. I teach people to do their target resume, right? What they want their resume to look like at the end of their life. Mm -hmm. And on mine, I have honorary doctorates on there because that's the highest degree. We teach young people how to think like that and not in a limited way. And, you know, I don't have to prove that I could get honorary doctorates. That's the highest degree, right? It's something that's motivational, whether or not I get to do that or not. But it's like, if you understand, you could just have a dream of being a rapper and get an honorary doctorate degree. Better than the person that thinks they're so much better than you because they got like three doctorates. You had to go to school for that. Right. 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 You had to pay for that. Lecrae got his for free. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so my next question to you is if you were to think of one song that best describes your journey what would it be and why staying alive okay i like yeah, that yeah because why? honestly it's a sad story for at first because my dad tried to kill himself twice right and felt unsuccessful he wasn't successful at that either so it could be framed in a depressing way right and it was just because of you know, the financial stress that he had, like coming here on scholarship and not achieving. And, and then, you know, um, feeling like he, he didn't, he wasn't a value because society values you based on how much money you make. Right. But for me, I don't need society to value me like that. But I, I did think, am I even going to make it? I keep getting locked up in a hospital. Am I even going to be alive in 2020? Right. So for me, staying alive, for sure. I'm happy that I'm alive. And every day I say TGIT, thank God it's today. Every day you wake up is a good day. Yes, love it, love it. So Jason, how can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles? Oh, great. So um, I, I, I'm at, I am gifted like you on TikTok, right? And on, uh, on sorry, on Instagram, I'm, I am gifted like you. And then on TikTok, I'm gifted like you. On Facebook, I'm facebook.com forward slash gifted like you. And on YouTube, I'm at uh, youtube.com forward slash Jason Kente. All right, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm at linkedin.com forward slash I am <laughs> forward slash Jason Kinte. Just Google Jason Kinte. We'll okay. find you. All right, amazing. Well, thank you, Jason, for coming on the show and sharing your, um, your gems um, with us. We totally appreciate it. So we're going to end this off. And to all you resilient minds out there, until next time, Please subscribe us to us on all your platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also, join the community of Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at www.cleonicrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life, on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. And friends, if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect with Jason's testimonial, please, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of today's, of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at onlycleone or resilientminds365 and today's guest at... Gifted like you. 
Right. Gifted like you. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh,